This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Many major tech companies have decided conspiracy theorist and InfoWars founder Alex Jones violates their policies against hate speech, hate speech and harassment and have removed much of his content from the Internet. Videos, podcasts and posts from Apple, Google, Facebook, LinkedIn or among others were pulled. Twitter has not joined this move, though. Tweets on that site by Mr. Jones remain as is. And one of the questions being asked right now is, are tech companies censoring free speech or did they have the right due to their public status and their user agreements? Jones has been sued by, among others, Sandy Hook parents for his conspiracy theories that the shooting there a couple of years ago was a hoax and that family crisis actors leading to uh, harassment and threats against some of the families whose children were killed in that shooting. With more on this, we welcome in John Carroll, assistant professor of mass communications at Boston University, along with uh, David Karf, who is associate director and associate professor in the George Washington University School of Media and Public Affairs. John, David, thank Thank you for your time today. Good to be here. So we'll start with the big question in the room, John. In in your thoughts, uh, are these companies censoring Alex Jones? Well, they're they're certainly controlling his content, but it's not a First Amendment issue. First Amendment is about the government uh, controlling speech and uh, suppressing speech. It's not about private companies. These are companies who have terms of service. And I'm sure none of us have ever read any of them. Right. Uh, And who knows, you know, they could have the rights to our firstborn children, but they have terms of service. And if they want to enforce them, they absolutely have that right. So they are saying, and and we should know, they've been really reluctant to censor or, or to control the content or remove the content from Alex Jones in terms of conspiracy mongering, in terms of fraudulent content. I mean, what they've done is they've said, this is hate speech, yeah. and we have the right to remove it under our terms of service. And as a private business, they absolutely have that right. David? Yeah, that's right. If you're, if Alex Jones doesn't violate your terms of service, there's something wrong with your terms of service. Um, I, I would add, um, while it's difficult to shed any tears for Alex Jones, uh, and the companies do have the right to do this, this is also a moment that indicates the sheer size of these companies uh, and should give us at least a little pause. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, Google, those three combined basically monopolize the digital information environment. If those three shut you down, then it becomes tremendously hard to reach massive audiences. Right. So while the First Amendment is limited to the government, uh, we don't have a, a, a well-functioning marketplace for free speech when you have three companies that are that big. David, then I guess the, the next question is, is then if they have uh, made this move on some of the comments by Alex Jones, I would imagine there are other entities out there that they could probably do the same thing to that, that have a variety of hate and harassment to them as well. Uh, yeah, and there probably are. Again, you have to go very far down the list before you get into, into any sort of real slippery slope. Uh, and that's because the digital information environment has already gotten so polluted and so toxic. Um, it, it, it's been a while now that we've been facing the reality that online, when speech is so cheap, 
more speech is not always the easy answer to bad speech. Right. That made sense in the broadcast media environment, but in the digital environment where more speech uh, aided by algorithms and encouraged by uh, online advertising, more speech can just lead to things like Pizzagate, things like QAnon, things like Alex Jones's Second Civil War, which was encouraging his supporters to violence while being completely false. The the companies that uh, invoke Spider-Man for a second, the companies have this great power, and so they need to show some responsibility. John? Well, the problem is that more speech and more content is the business model of these platforms. These platforms are there to aggregate content, to mine it for data, and to sell it to marketers. So their financial interest is embedded in the idea of the more speech, the better. So that's one of the problems that they face. That's why this is such a high wire act, because you have to decide, you know, what do we think is objectionable? Mm -hmm. And then how do we find it? Because there's so much of it out there. So what you have is this clash between the traditional gatekeeper role, which a lot of these tech companies are not uh, uh, enthusiastic about uh, uh, functioning as, uh, as a gatekeeper. And, and you've got the issue of, you know, do you ask the public to police this content? Is that a more practical way to do it? Because the, the idea of being able to remove all objectionable content, that means you have to define objectionable. Right, yeah. And, and that's the difficulty for these, these companies. They don't want to get into the business of deciding what's objectionable and what's not. So it has to be a really egregious situation, as with Alex Jones, for them to step forward. The other part to this, John, is the fact that Twitter did not take any of his tweets down, any of his content down. And and so to a degree, this is right now, it is a company-by-company decision on what is out there and, and how they view that content. Right, and, and that's as it should be. I, mean, I think the last thing you want is for the government to come in and start regulating uh, uh, these platforms around these issues. What Twitter seems to be saying is, look, our people are fact-checking Jones. Our people are essentially countering the information that he is putting out there. And so we're going to rely on them. So that's the, what they call the customer service model of policing this content. So our people uh, who are on the platform are providing this service for the rest of uh, the Twitter community. So they're content to leave it up there now. But other, obviously, Facebook and and, uh, YouTube and Spotify, Apple, they're not uh, uh, confident that the community is going to police this content. And they've decided, you know, they have to take a step, which is pretty drastic. And and Mark Zuckerberg at Facebook has done everything he possibly can to avoid taking any kind of action against content. Holocaust deniers, uh, uh, they're okay, apparently, according to Mark Zuckerberg. He has turned himself into a pretzel trying to explain why he would leave that kind of content up there. And he keeps saying people need a voice. Well... People need a lot of things. I mean, people in hell need ice water. That doesn't mean they should get it. 
Well, David, on top of the, the comment there about Mark Zuckerberg, I mean, when you think about how Facebook has developed, you know, over the course of the last uh, you know couple of decades, Mark Zuckerberg, as he was rolling this out, certainly this was probably not even on his radar that he would have to be worrying about these specific types of issues as Facebook potentially got bigger and bigger. Yeah, these are the types of problems that crop up once you become an information monopoly. Uh, when Facebook was smaller and a smaller part of the information environment, they could essentially operate on the assumption that their users were going to be earnest. And if people are earnest, then you can meet bad speech with just more speech and trust that it'll work itself out, or at least the harms won't be too big. But once you grow to the size and scale in the information environment that Facebook has now grown to, that adds a level of responsibility because then you get strategic actors who are trying to manipulate people through your website. And just assuming that away, pretending it's not happening, because you're assuming people are earnest when we know that they're not, that's a mistake. But there... I also just want to note, yep. I don't think Twitter's stance is going to last very long. Okay. I don't give Alex Jones more than a month on Twitter. Why so? Um, because it, because it's ridiculous. Because Alex Jones is going to overreact to this, is going to keep on fanning the flames of hate speech, mm -hmm. uh, is going to keep trying to galvanize his supporters. And it, there was a real question when nobody was moving against Alex Jones of who would be the first mover, who would be the company that would invite the scrutiny and scorn of people saying, you're quashing free speech of people on the extreme right who will come next. Ted Cruz uh, tweeted some tweeted uh, like the uh, Nymoller quote saying, first they came for Alex Jones and I did nothing. Um, so there was a real question of who would come first. But once all of the other companies have wised up and said, yes, of course, this violates terms of service, Twitter gets into an awkward position because how awful are your tw terms of service if they don't uh, if they allow this Pizzagate guy to stay on the air and everyone else doesn't? Eight four four nine four two seven eight six six is the number if you would like to join in with your comments or questions. We're talking about the removal of content by Alex uh, from Alex Jones by companies like uh, like Facebook uh, and Apple and Google and others. Eight four four nine four two. 7866. Or if you can't get to your phone, send us a comment on Twitter at BizRadio132, or you can use my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. John, part of this also is the fact that this is continuing a cycle right now of these companies being aware that they, even though they may not want to be the quote-unquote gatekeeper, they do have to be aware of what is going on their sites. They cannot just be oblivious to it balance between algorithms and people in terms of monitoring their site. You know, how many people can Mark Zuckerberg hire to monitor Facebook content? I mean, it's, it's impossible. So what they're doing is they're throwing more and more money into algorithms and artificial intelligence to try to get a handle on this and at least pare it down so that it can be subjected to some kind of human scrutiny. But, you know, this, this is a, a, a difficult situation, and I'm not sure there's a little confusion in terms of the reporting about this. I'm not sure that Alex Jones is banned from Facebook. Okay. He's banned for 30 days from Facebook. Right, right. And there's some question about whether his pages have come down or just particular videos have come down. So, you know, I think that 
<clears throat> this is very possibly a temporary situation for one thing that will get a lot of uh, uh, publicity, and then Alex Jones will go back and sort of recultivate his community on Facebook, maybe not on Apple, maybe not on YouTube, where, where I believe his channel has been removed. But Facebook is, is sort of in this squishy middle here, and I'm not, I'm not entirely sure that Facebook has taken the sort of iron spine stand that people have ascribed to it. David? Uh, I mean, we'll see how it works out. But again, I think once you have ripped this Band-Aid off, given that Alex Jones isn't going to change, his brand is extremist conspiracy theories. That's what his audience likes. That's what uh, he gets paid for. Once the Band-Aid has been ripped off, he's not going to change, which makes it going, going to make it increasingly easy for Facebook and, and other companies to say, okay, you were banned once, you're banned again. Well, Taking that first step is the hard step. Yeah, and actually, uh, John, to your point, uh, just going on Facebook uh, right now, there is an InfoWars Live site that is up and active right now and a store site that is up and active right now. So maybe pieces of that have been, you know, have been put on the shelf for the time being, but, but seemingly not all of it. I, I particularly like Alex Jones uh, going on uh, uh, on the air and saying, we are all Alex Jones now. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I'm signing out from that personally. Um, but also he's going and telling his people the way to fight this is to go buy merchandise from me, go buy survival uh, equipment, that kind of thing. So I think he's using this as a basically a commercial opportunity to present himself to his community as someone who is being unfairly besieged and who needs their support, not just their vocal support, but their financial support. So he's basically trying to make hay off this. Yeah, Daniel, it's a little bit like the old uh, line of uh, any PR is good PR at this point. Uh, It is on one level, but again, when you move somebody out of the big players in the digital information environment, uh, once they lose that megaphone, like if he actually loses uh, Apple, YouTube, uh, Facebook, and eventually if Twitter comes along, well, he will try to make the most of it. He'll try to make money of it. He'll try to uh, get his supporters to rally behind him. We will quickly see him wither away because without that megaphone, you just can't succeed these days. Yeah, it'll, be, it'll be difficult for him, but yeah. he does still have a website that gets significant traffic. I think it's 31 million unique visitors a month. Um, he's got an app that, um, that I, I believe he just recently updated. So he still has a platform. I, I think David's right sure. that, uh, you know, without Facebook uh, 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 and uh, YouTube, it's going to be much more difficult for him to, have, to reach the critical mass that he did before. But I don't think he's necessarily going away. And, and in a way, you know, the more subterranean he is, potentially the more dangerous he is. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, in a perverse kind of way, him being out there on Facebook and being so visible allows people to know what he's doing. And, you know, if his community becomes smaller, tighter, uh, uh, less visible... I mean, that may be just as dangerous as him having the big megaphone. David? I, I would totally disagree. I would say in the digital age, again, the the idea that we should have bad speech out there so people can see it and earnestly respond uh, is now, unfortunately, kind of an un- outdated notion. 
Um, if you take away his megaphone and you decrease his audience to a hardcore of extremist supporters, you make Infowars no different than QAnon and a lot of the other extremist conspiracy theories out there on the Internet. Uh, narrowing its audience and narrowing their capacities is a good thing because otherwise what we get is them amplifying their rhetoric and spreading further and further. Um, it is simply too easy for lies to spread online uh, for us to say, well, but then everyone will see the lies and then they'll combat them with truth. Um, in an era of social sharing where the things that move through our information landscape are the things that are easiest, most easily clickable and shareable, mm-hmm. I don't think that's how it works anymore. 844-942-7866, or if you'd like, send us a comment on Twitter, at BizRadio132, or my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. Joined on the phone by John Carroll of Boston University, David Karf of uh, George Washington University. Again, 844-942-7866, or if you can't catch your phone, at BizRadio132, or my Twitter account, which is at Dan Loney 21. So, David, then with this as kind of the, the and it's not the first time that, that Mr. Jones has been warned. Uh, I believe he's been suspended before, but it, it will put him, I think, in an interesting position moving forward in that if these companies have taken this length, removing content to, uh, you know, to uh, to his followers, then I would think the next step, you know, is there an incremental higher penalty for him for continuing to do this type of stuff? There certainly ought to be. Now, that'll be up to the companies. I'm not within any of the companies. Um, But there absolutely should be. They should be looking at their terms of service uh, and the way they handle these things. Uh, The nice thing about the Alex Jones InfoWars case is that it's so extreme that, again, they can look at it and say, well, if our policy allows this, time to fix our policy. And so you should figure out what is a structure that helps them to deal with this InfoWars and the next case like InfoWars. And then they can worry down the line about how do we make sure this doesn't go too far. But it's obviously going too far if InfoWars has lasted this long. John? Well, sure. And, and, uh, you know, I mean, it's easy. InfoWars is is low-hanging fruit. Um, I think the, the issue is what do you do with all the other people on the fringe who don't have the the presence that Infowars has right now? Because all this stuff is still going on. These communities are still uh, uh, coalescing and spreading content and information, and in many ways, uh, uh, disinformation that is almost impossible to control. So one of the questions is, do you go in, do you ask the government to go in and break up Facebook? You know, make them spin off Instagram, make them spin off WhatsApp, and try to control them by making them smaller and, uh, and separating out the individual parts. I, I, I'm not sure that that is, would work. I'm not even sure that that's desirable. But it is. Even the tech companies know that something has to be done here. But it is. We are getting closer, John, though. I mean, with seemingly with Cambridge Analytica and some of the other things that that have occurred, we are getting closer and closer, it feels like, to having some sort of regulation on these companies in the tech space. Absolutely. And, and, uh, you know, even Mark Zuckerberg 
whether he was being disingenuous or not is hard to tell. But when, you know, when he went down to Capitol Hill, he said, yeah, you know, I know you guys have to come and regulate us. The question is, you know, how is that going to happen? And, um, and, and how deep do you let the government get into these tech platforms? Mm-hmm. The, the battle by Facebook to define itself as a tech pl- uh, platform and not a media company may in the end prove to be counterproductive. I mean, if they were a media company, you know, maybe they would have more protections against government interference than not. I don't know. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not a lawyer, but, right. Right. Um, you know, I, th- I think that these are all issues they're going to have to grapple with. David? Uh, yeah, look, I, within the next decade or so, I think the government is going to need to look seriously at these information monopolies uh, and do something about them. In the near term, I don't think that's on the table. Um, I mean, if I think if at this moment we're going to talk seriously about uh, government pursuing antitrust against Facebook, the question we need to ask is which member of the Trump family and or real estate and golf empire do we think should be in charge of that? Um, we're not currently in a place where the government really effectively regulates these large companies. Yeah. So in the short term, what we need is these companies to take their social role seriously. And I think that, at least, well, from all of them except for Twitter, uh, that's what they've been doing this past week. But if if it, it going back to something, David, that uh, that John mentioned before, if these companies realistically don't want to be the quote unquote gatekeeper, what do they want to be? Because you know it is their company, it is a social media platform. They are allowing all of these comments from a variety of different people and a variety of different sources. I think to a degree they they do have a responsibility to play that role. Right, they do. Yeah. I mean, if you are going to occupy this much of the uh, information marketplace, uh, and if you're going to take as much of the online advertising revenue as particularly Google and Facebook do, then with that power comes responsibility. John? Yeah, and and, uh, I mean, navigating that is going to be a a real knee-buckling problem for them because they just don't know how to do it at this point. Uh, They have grown at a rate that is so incremental, uh, not incremental, I'm sorry, exponential, that, um, that, uh, you know, this has really gotten away from them. And, And the content and the size of these companies has far outstripped their ability to monitor and control and somehow shape uh, the the, uh, the content that they've got out there. I understand why they don't want to do that, yeah. but they need to come up with some kind of solution that will keep people like Alex Jones from having uh, uh, having free reign on their uh, on their platforms. But, but again, David, I, I mean, I want to go back to something we mentioned early on. Here is. Okay, Alex Jones is obviously one very visible case uh, where content is being removed. And I guess the question is, is are these companies going to be more aware of the fact that there are other people that are out there that are bringing forth this this type of content? Not maybe to the extreme of Alex Jones, but, you know, on differing levels. And again, it's where that line needs to be drawn at this point. Yeah, and I think that Facebook in particular for the past year has started to work hard at taking this problem seriously um, for a range of reasons, including the Cambridge Analytica scandal, leading them to have to worry about their reputation and then staff up to deal with these policy problems. 
John is right that this is a thorny problem that any company would prefer not to have to deal with, but they've reached the point where they have to. Um, so, yeah, they're going to need to develop policies. They're going to need to develop procedures. They're going to need AI algorithms and humans, all of which sort through this mess and try to make things a little better. Um, it, it's going to be a hard problem, but it's time. Great having you both with us today. Thank you, John. Thank you, David. All the best. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.